Discussing the news that matters. Light Breakfast, Front Page. Every week, we dissect current news affecting Malaysians with our panel of highly qualified and experienced guests. Today, on the phone, we have Pakaran Krishnan. Morning, Pakaran. Hey, good morning, guys. Now, movement control order is in effect. You're working from home, I assume. Obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But there's been lots of confusion in the day leading up to Wednesday, right? Day one, yeah. So, could the MCO have been structured better or had clearer directives so that people were more clear about what's happening? Let's make one thing clear here first. This is a first for our country and we can understand with all those teething problems as I describe it. Yes, most of our enforcement and security authorities may not have had this experience at all. I mean, we can accept all that. But, a big but here, a big one, Mm. the government and the cabinet had the whole of Saturday, Sunday and Monday, that's a full 72 hours to plan this control order. Okay. Uh, What they should have done is all related government uh, institutions, the ministers, the prime minister included should have had uh, exhaustive meetings to iron out details, come up with all the uh, frequently asked questions before announcing the movement order. But yep. instead of this, I understand some of them were actually playing golf during the weekend. This should not happen at yep, all. Yep. And there was a time things were worsening. Many groups were already, uh, like the Malaysian Medical Association, the MTUC, Bar Council, were already warning the government that some form of lockdown was necessary. And while during this, they could have learned the measures that China, Italy, South Korea and other badly hit European countries took. I mean, there's a lot to learn from them. They missed out in these two vital days and we saw what happened. And speaking of days, the announcement happened on Monday. Then the control order came into effect on Wednesday. Why didn't they just go straight into it and why give the extra day? I can kind of agree with that because the whole thing was new to us. We were going about our lives very normally. We were having fun. We did not know the impact. So to have suddenly announced a lockdown order, control order overnight would have been a bit worse. You know, things would have been a bit haywire. But what they should have done is after Friday, Saturday, Sunday night announced that it's going to be uh, effective on Tuesday morning or what, assure them that everything will be in order, get your purchases, no panic buying, we'll have time to go and do the shopping, whatever you want. So, and then close the borders before announcing the shutdown, the lockdown or the control order. That mm-hmm. could have helped a little bit because people would not have travelled like what they should have tried. Everybody would have remained wherever they are and all measures would have been taken to have order in the country. I feel like the one day enabled people to like balik kampung and all that. People exactly. were crowding the police station, the bus terminals and yeah, everything. Everything you don't want to do yeah. for COVID-19. Because the order came with no announcement by the rest respective authorities. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? So it was like uh, nobody knew what was happening. Uh, that one day could have been a day to, for people to settle down where they are and get things in order. Now, Pakaran, PM announced a revised economic stimulus package to benefit employees who are affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, workers who are given notice to take unpaid leave beginning March 1st will be eligible for financial assistance. I mean, first of all, employers being forced to take unpaid leave. Is that even legal? As far as I know, the Malaysian Employers Federation, that is the MEF, has advised its members to offer the you know the following arrangements of working from home with pay if necessary, granting employers paid company leave, allowing employees to take annual leave, uh, granting employers unpaid leave in the event of no annual leave balance. Okay? Okay. This is all fine. But as far as the no pay leave is concerned, I think there's an issue with contracts that they have signed with their respective companies. Okay. Okay, there are some clauses which, as usual, pro-employer clauses that allows them to do this. But there are two things here. Let's draw a line here. One is,
minutes before the MCO, the government, the Human Resources Ministry says after the MCO was issued, it says employers cannot force workers to go on unpaid leave. Yes. And they can complain to the ministry. But what about those who were offered these unpaid leaves before the MCO? We had several airline companies, they have done that. Here, there's also a, a bit of a sticky issue here. The MEF has kind of advised its members who are the employers basically to invoke the force majeure clause. In, in English, it means Section 5 of the Employment Termination Layoff Benefit Regulations 1990. It states the employer can provide the work and if it can't provide this work that is stipulated under the contract, you can uh, deem that the contract is over and you don't have to pay them for the work done. For example, uh, Bell and JD, if ESPRO for some reason decides that there's not going to be any radio transmission for some reason, so you don't have to come into work, that means your contract is deemed cancelled. Yeah. So this is terrible and how can you uh, ask them to invoke this at this difficult time? Yeah. Uh-huh. You know how much hardship is going to cost to all the workers, especially from the B40 Correct. Uh, M20 group. So I think the government should say uh, it should buy employees from invoking this clause for now. Do not go in that direction because there's going to be much unrest if they do it. What do you think of the economic stimulus package though? I mean, um, 600 monthly aid allowance. Like, who's entitled to get this? This is very clear. A minimum of one month. No pay leave and you qualify. No salary deduction under the CMO. The, the 14 days, there should not be any salary deduction because that's what the government says. But don't forget, there's also the employment insurance scheme or the EIS okay. that benefits laid off workers. So if you're laid off for some reason, you're entitled for a 600 uh, ringgit monthly allowance for up to three months. So there are options. But the most important is employers should not take advantage of any of this situation. Uh, you have made profits for decades. Please give it back to the workers. <laughs> now, COVID-19 is causing a lot of panic, but it's also causing the Malaysian economy to struggle Spiral. a little yeah. bit. How big an impact will COVID-19 and this um, movement control order mean to our economy? Uh, you know what, guys? Malaysians better be ready for the long haul. Not on airline flights though this time. Right. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the recession was already being felt to a great extent prior to the COVID-19 attack. Like what uh, most economists are saying, a recession is inevitable. And I think, sadly, the full and damaging impact is expected to be felt in about three to six months or maybe nine months towards the end of the year. We have financial markets that have collapsed and that will impact all of us directly or indirectly. And we know this kind of situation will be passed down to the ordinary people uh, like us, mm. like the B40, M40 group, a lot of massive uh, loss of jobs, reduced income, virtually zero overtime income. Companies are going to struggle to pay out bonuses this year. I mean, let's be prepared. Mm. Let's be honest. <laughs> As we know, some of us actually purchase or commit ourselves financially uh, by taking overtime payments, bonuses into account. That's going to be hugely hit. Stimulus package was announced by the government is simply not enough. I think it's just a token but under the circumstances, the government tried to do what it could. But I think there has to be a review. They have to dig into their reserves, whatever reserves they have and help people who deserve. I mean, don't go and help CEOs or, or the 20% <laughs> managers, you know, yeah. who, can, who can pass this type quite easily. We have 15 million workers from this group who are struggling and I think 70% of the population will struggle. A lot of CEOs in big companies are already taking pay cuts and all that. Should that be made mandatory for all big companies? I think it's hard to make it 
mandatory under the laws. But I think the government should kind of influence them. I mean, we have huge GLCs we are paying out salaries which are sinful, mm. <laughs> you have to say. So I, I think the GLCs, the government can direct them. Private sector, they have to do it on their own. I think this is the time to rise up be honourable and show Malaysians what they're capable of. Now, it's not just us in Malaysia, isn't it? Because Singapore actually claims that Malaysia's uh, movement control order is affecting their economy. Is it true? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely true. You know why I consider Malaysia and Singapore as a pair of uh, Siamese twins? Yeah. <laughs> We're joined at the abdomen. One hand moves, the other hand reacts. So Malaysian travel ban actually cuts off a key source of labour for them. But as we know, Singapore has been widely praised for their response, uh, how they responded to the outbreak uh, while cases were spiking all over the, the world. We have stopped our citizens from travelling overseas, which means 300,000 Malaysians do not go to Singapore from Johor to work daily. Yeah. That means it's virtually a standstill in many parts of Singapore. There's going to be a big blow to the SMEs which rely on a huge labour force from across the causeway. Yeah. Then you have the disruption of uh, supply of raw materials. You know, they depend quite a bit on raw materials from Malaysia yeah, yeah. for development. So they will be very bad hit too. But I think they have huge reserves that could, you know, uh, help them tide this difficult moment. Now, with all that's been going on recently, PTPTN has come up to say that uh, loan payments can be deferred for three months. Now, we understand also that some European countries have stopped requirements to make payments for mortgages and even rental. Yeah. Even Maybank here is offering its customer assistance. Should this be mandatory for all financial services to help ease the burden of Malaysians affected by COVID-19? Paki, what do you think? Before we go into serious stuff, I think a lot of PTPTN borrowers uh, are defaulting on their loan. They were paying in the first place, is it? <laughs> exactly. Right. But seriously, what the banks have done, something uh, tremendous, something huge for the people who are struggling. You know, but some banks in Malaysia, not all, some have already announced that they are offering to restructure, reschedule financing as well as providing a moratorium on loan repayment. This is among uh, several other measures. But they've not all come out with announcements. So I think all banks should do their bit. Bank Nagara should step in and make it mandatory. They, they should not only defer payment, but they should also write off the interest for the six months. I mean, that that will be magnanimous on their part. And uh, it should not only be offered to those who are forced to go on leave or those who are retrenched, but every one of us, every one of us are going to have our income reduced. So we are going to struggle in some form or the other. So, so you're saying that if for this to happen, Bank Negara needs to step in? I believe so because banks listen to Bank Negara quite a bit. They have some, you know, understanding or, or some regulations. It, it's going to be huge for the people. I think banks must do it. But how about like for small, medium enterprises and all that that are struggling? Can their loans be deferred? And can, can banks do anything more to help these uh, struggling businesses as well? I think they should. But of concern mainly is, is the workers uh, who depend on wages daily, monthly. I mean, we should focus on them first. Second comes the smaller enterprises, which are also depending on bank loans to move forward or to expand. Like what the MTUC suggested, there should be a revolving fund set up by the government. They take it out from EPF, $10 billion, mm. and, and give them soft loans or no interest loans. Deductions can be in the form of from salaries, their EPF payments, so that can actually ease their immediate problems. More money in the pocket at least just for now. Right. 
Now, this next one, Japanese Prime Minister says that the Olympics Tokyo 2020 will still go on, but a lot of athletes are criticizing the move, you know. So, we're thinking if Euro 2020, such a big football game, can be postponed, why not the Olympics? Actually, I was a bit surprised with the Japanese government's decision because they are known to be the most careful people when it comes to situations such as this, crises such as this. Mm. So, now that they've said this, I think it was kind of a record decision if you ask me. It's too early for them to have decided on this or maybe they think it's a little too early to announce the postponement or the cancellation. You know, we all are going to miss Euro 20 very badly. We are already struggling with the EPL and Champions. <laughs> yes, we are, yeah. And the current situation is it's not going to end in a couple of months. It might ease off in you know, two, three months, but then the real impact will be in six months. So I believe the Japanese government will make another announcement after assessing it in the next two months. Not a wise decision. Yeah, because athletes are are saying that they can't even go out to train so how can they compete in the world's largest exactly. sporting competition all Japan says is that it has a contract with the IOC or the International uh, Olympics Committee to hold the games by the end of 2020 but contracts can be cancelled if it affects the life of people do you think they're getting the organizers in Japan do you think they're getting pressure from IOC to continue uh, the games because of all the sponsorships and all the that, money that's been invested exactly there's all, a lot of money already you need already there have been upfront payments by the ad- advertising uh, Advertisers, there's a lot of money changing hands. So I think they're going to postpone this, cancel this. It's going to be a huge problem getting all these things back in order, the money and the organization. Yeah, of course, Malaysians athletes will be affected as well. So what do you think? Should we boycott the Olympics? Well, I think we should. After all, we're not major medal prospects. Doesn't make a difference. <laughs> 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 money. I, I mean, for, for health reasons, uh-huh. not that reason, but for health reasons, we should stay away. And, uh, we should we can save money and won't make a difference to Malaysia. But I have a strange feeling I think it will be postponed.